0: Hello and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and today I'm speaking with Leah Globe, the director of a new documentary, Apollonia Apollonia, about art, life, and representation. It is so delightful to meet you after watching your very self-reflexive documentary, Apollonia Apollonia. Thank you very much. It's a gorgeous work that celebrates life and art in a very unique way. And I wonder in terms of how you came to follow Apollonia as a subject is such a fascinating... But it seems almost as if it doesn't really matter how Apollonia came to be on your radar, but at the same time, your lives became so intertwined. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about... At what point you decided you had to be in the narrative?
1: In in many ways, I think that um I really felt that I experienced uh, something uh, by meeting Apollonia. And so this experience uh, was always a little hard for me to, to to you know to talk about or to tell other people because like how do you experience uh, a person, right? Or how do you experience an artist? It's very much something you do with your your body and your whole self. And um, of course she was extremely interesting and, but there were so many ways to tell her story. And I think one of the, well, I really do love cinema and I, I love nonfiction cinema so much. And one of the great thrilling things about it is that, is that you can have this kind of intimate look into somebody else's life and because that it's a person being portrayed it's this contract it's this uh, strange union where you are not friends but y- but you have this kindness towards each other but you're not but we were, we were still like you can say like subject object not um it's it might not be the best term to put but the camera sort of defined those roles uh, between us and for um, at one point, uh, I would really love the audience uh, to get this s- same crazy, uh, larger-than-life experience with Apollonia because mm. it felt like almost in the fairy tales, where I got an an, an assignment as a student in film school, um, telling you this. You know, you're young, so it's so wonderful because life is an adventure. But clearly, you don't know exactly how much until you get like older and you have limitations to that adventure but at that point some a professor told me okay do a short film you have two weeks find an interesting subject and you know finish a film within two weeks and then I just met the first portrait I was ever to do I met this incredible woman And I never found anyone quite like her ever since. (laughs) So it was kind of a blessing and a curse, you can say, uh, depending how you see on it, um, because it had to take me 13 years to be enough of an artist to really finish this portrait of Apollonia. And how do you be enough of an artist to finish this? It's also being um, enough filmmaker a uh, mm-hmm. woman knowing enough about life and then also like being in the same position as Apollonia where we could meet because the similarities in in our gaze or what you can say is um, was really the interesting part also because we're two young young women uh, and both of us took this pledge to our craft I to the camera, she to the painting. And the camera really, you know, recorded this quest that we both uh, had and and searched for as women. So it appeared to me that the best way at some point to give this information, this roller coaster, this um, incredible, um, addictive sometimes journey. Into the presence of Apollonia was to, you know, lend me, lend uh, you, the audience, the lens, and yeah. therefore uh, write myself as a character in the film. Uh, but of course, also because um, I was dying to, to, you know, show this, uh, the young Leah and Apollonia and our lives and this this energy um, and fairy tale like thing there is there. But also the more mature and grown up Leah and Apollonia um, facing like real issues uh, in in life (laughs) and in, in art and especially the female issues, like really reflecting what is it to be a woman. And, you know, I grew up in this bouncing castle of the world of Scandinavia, where everything is is just uh, organized and you have like social security you have so many things so many cushions that can catch you if you fall and i was very naive still in this society i thought that uh, that that you know men and women were like considered equal in society it was a sh- slow learning curve for a young individual to find out like how how much of a difference there was, and there like still is, where actually, some a lot of places, even today, women are still considered less just because of, yeah, I mean, gender. And that's even, you know, yeah. that's women, it's not even counting minorities as a, uh, you know,
0: different uh, ethnicities or And other kinds or, of intersectionality uh, and exactly, how all of that exactly. interacts with everything. Yeah. And that certainly shows through in the film, particularly in places where Apollonia is told your personality is more interesting than your paintings. Then you question, yes. would a male painter be told the same thing? I, yeah, I, don't I think really so. love that comment. I don't <laughs> I really think so don't either.
1: Think so. <laughs> like seriously for button of my heart. I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so no. either. And there are so many casual misogyny elements that come through in the other interactions, particularly with Simkowitz and some other characters. I shouldn't say characters. They're participants in the film, but they, yeah, they feel like characters <laughs> because you have a very narrative yes. style. You have a very narrative style in terms of both the cinematography and the music. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how you crafted that style.
1: One of the things that I, I I find interesting when I um, see the the film is that uh, both Apollonia and I we we kind of grow and you can see it even in the the camera work (laughs) that uh, kind of gets you know better and more focused and the filmmaker gets much more I I film uh, myself so I get you know as a DOP I develop also and I become better at being in the right place before the things happened and, and and so on and so the style is very actually it's very easy the style of this film was shot because in the beginning all I could afford um, was a crappy camera and a good lens so I had a small camera and and one lens so that kind of defined the shooting so I you know I, I shot everything in the film with the same lens so that was making most of what you have <laughs> Um, and then the, I think what I have done more than anything in my life is that I have been like a really filming. I mean, I've been breathing and other stuff, but workwise, I have been uh, filming so much. Um, and at the same time as I film, I also experience um, both what you see. But because I'm doing the film myself, I always imagine on top of it like what's what will happen next and kind of where are we in the story. It gets a little bit like, from the point of view of the of the European filmmaker, it's it's kind of part part story and and part something that you are documenting all the time. And those frictions that uh, the creative process holds for me as a documentary filmmaker, I think that process I love it so much. So you will find it in the film also that you have the. The narration that is thinking and you see what's going on. And I think it's a beautiful art form. And so, of course, it's, by following Apollonia also for so many years, we get closer to a narrative uh, feeling, as you can say. Yeah. Um, I think that narrative feeling is also that I was it was important to see how a woman would go through the these stages of uh, becoming an artist, uh, by what criteria was she met in, in terms of the, as a woman, you know, personal life, but also by the structures of society and by uh, sort of the gatekeepers to the institutions. So, well, I knew that that was, of course, the story we were in somehow, Apollonia and I. So that would make the narrative a kind of flow, I think.
0: It really sounds like you followed your artistic instincts where they were leading you with this.
1: Yeah, I think I'm my education, I'm schooled also from a uh, um, from the National Film School of Denmark and uh, much of that education is also to to really take these small uh, creative grasps that you are handed, uh, and treasure them and nurse them because they so easily disappear. Um, so really, every time you feel strongly about something as a as a filmmaker, it's it's a, you have such a long process before it's actually in a film. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that education is really also how do you hold on to that through a whole process of of the production chain in film. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'm a filmmaker too, just so you know. I'm also I didn't know exactly
1: who I was talking to. I realized like um, I, <laughs> I
0: didn't I didn't actually introduce myself and I apologize for that. I'm I'm Ariel Basca. I'm a filmmaker, podcaster, author. Um I'm nice. actually currently working on a documentary about myself. Oh, ah, beautiful. What's what's interesting for me watching this, because that's yes. very much about how I felt seen because of what I watched on screen as a child and how I reckoned with my own disability identity through the works that I was looking at. And so the end of this for me, when you say as a free person in her own image, when, when you use that line, you know, that she wanted to be a free person in her own image, that idea of representation in art is so powerful in this film it's so and- powerful
1: right okay great no I'm looking very much forward to seeing that film I think it's it's um that's very cool I mean um I think that was also part of what you were ex- explaining there and that again is from like a majority white uh, female perspective right it mm-hmm. should be like no minority at all <laughs> but even when I was young Just being a girl, you know, you had nothing in no portrayals, you had no artists to follow. Um, they were not out there in mainstream media, these yeah, representations of just ordinary women uh, in their jobs. So when I also saw Apollonia, she was one of those heroes that I would heroines that I would have loved to to see a film with you know with her and it was about ambition and about art and it wasn't about you know female stuff (laughs) yeah so yeah so that it's super important
0: and it's interesting too that traumatic medical situations really were were enormous in both of your lives in very crucial ways and i wonder is that something that you felt you had to experience to tap into apollonia
1: I think sometimes it can be even a little like scary because as a dark filmmaker, you, I don't know, you open your senses to the world. And uh, sometimes it makes me think like, okay, maybe I should start shutting down some of those senses or be clever about it at least. Um, But no, so the sickness, I mean, everything changed after that, of course. Um, And one of the things that really also changed was that this perspective, when you have encountered something so serious on your own body, it's so different from not having had that experience. Mm. So, how can you understand fully people who have have been there, like as her, as a young girl uh, close to death and having so had, even just having had surgery? It really changes your body. I find not not just not the way I thought it would change my body, but in in a different way. I mean, yeah. Um, and also with Oksana, uh, who was also, I'm so happy I met this woman um, and that I got to know her. And I'm really sad that she's not here to see the film. I mean, especially also like sad for her mother and family and everything, but she was a great artist. And uh, she taught us a lot, Apollonia and I, but I really understood it in depth when I experienced these traumatic uh, events myself, because a lot of her activism was uh, focused and actually started to defend the rights of uh, women who suffered death and disability in, uh, in, in labor-related um, situations in Ukraine, because there was a corrupt, uh, corrupt system. And so because of, you know, the body hierarchy going from white male and then white male with everything intact, strong, healthy, then everything down just gets uh, degraded. And uh, from there, and and in the end, it killed women. And um, I had a little sense of that because when I got sick, it was also just because I was a woman. Uh, I had a body and, and I was completely ignored because of the preconceived ideas of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And I'm even, you know, majority white woman. Yeah. So imagine other minority groups, how extremely dangerous it is that this representation is so, so lacking. And it's really dehumanizing and it's
0: really violence. So
1: I I, I felt that on my own body yeah. in a way.
0: And I I would imagine it had to be you know, kind of this strange experience of trying to to draw the line between what you wanted to keep personal and private for yourself and what you wanted to share with the film. I mean, that line well, sure. becomes so fine. And you acknowledge that in the film, too. But it's it's powerful to me as representation to watch this film, specifically because you both, well, actually, all three of you, relate through disability in some ways in this narrative. And so for me, because I'm a multiply disabled filmmaker, I went through a lot of traumatic surgeries as a child, you know, when I was four, Mm. when I was 16, and have had lots of ongoing disease in my life. It was highly relatable for that reason. And so it's... It's really wonderful and remarkable to see how you're crafting this sort of multi-layered portrait of artistry and disability within what you're doing. Thank you
1: so much. That's a very, uh, that really means something to me. I haven't, um, yeah, thank you very much. I haven't thought of that. But of yes, that is something that keeps us really much together. Yeah, these, and it's difficult also because you have so um I don't know how other people feel, but it's so connected to shame also. this like every time your body is, I don't know, some inch from some strange idea of health or perfection, or it's not even about perfection. It's just, I don't know. It's very vulnerable to, was for me to even, you know, talk about it at first. And so it's uh, strange. It was, it was strange. And I think it's hugely important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll be honest though, I was very yeah. worried when I first started watching your film because it opens yes. with Apollonia body shaming herself. And I was like, oh no, is this, is this one of those narratives? Body shaming? How do you let well, I me mean, just calling the, herself fat sh- and oh with her putting on the clothing and calling herself fat uh, okay. and saying yes, that right, she doesn't right, right. look good yeah, in yeah, this yeah. way? And it, it, yeah. it's interesting right. because, you know, you have those pieces of femininity that focus on aesthetics over all else, juxtaposed right. yes. with the realities of what that means.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. No, but I love that. Okay. No, I love that you notice that. I, I call it the dress scene. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's like a theater. It's so... Um... It, it's this ridiculous play that is played out just because it exists. It exists so much of representation, right? With the mm-hmm. uh, this, so, yeah. So uh, no, but I like that you that you mentioned that one also because we, I liked it uh, to be there in the middle as or in the beginning as a how can you say like a counter counter counterpart also, right? This is the woman yeah. with, like uh, dressing up and uh, yeah.
0: And in the middle of countercultural bohemia, you've you've still got this piece of theater that's always going on,
1: right? Yes, not anymore though. I will tell you, it's a great <laughs> thing about Apollonia is also that she's really, how can you say she's really trying to search for these uh, taboos and identities. And she's a professor now in in the art academy in uh, in Normandy, and she works a lot with like with all, also with younger people. I think it's great what's what I hear and what I see that's coming from like the courage of like younger filmmakers to, to explore these. Yes. Issues. Yeah. But part of that, you could say, if you were worried um, as an audience also is that, and, and I think it is a good thing. And I talked to Apollonia actually about that, that my own, I wasn't born into, you know, if, uh intellectual um kind of upper class society and uh, or you know very leftist ideas or very like um i was like super much just like you know girl from country um i had a painters in my family but but i wasn't an intellectually well taught uh, person and I wanted to use that as a as an advantage in the filmmaking, which is also why to include myself in the story is because if there if I encounter a taboo, and if I through making the film is trying to understand some things about how the world works, especially in terms of the body and gender and these things that you say, like how what whose play are we playing at what times, then then as you know, as a filmmaker, then the audience will also get uh, this chance to go on that journey. So not to be too clever from the beginning is something we really wanted to to keep that when you also stumble upon the taboos within myself also, Mm. it was like an important part in the filmmaking because there are many taboos. There's also like suicide and, you know, having children or not reproduction or not and beauty or not and as you also say like disability so how much to have in there and how much to to take out was yeah
0: it's remarkable though what a beautiful balance you were able to achieve because I feel like ultimately it works so well with the way that you see the relationships in Apollonia's life play out in particular I feel like The relationship to you and to the camera is a very interesting one throughout. But then also watching how these other relationships are and just how natural and easy conversation is with others, just as it is for the camera. Mm -hmm. It's hard to really quantify that performative sense that Apollonia seems to have. you know where she says her performance is is work is life is identity is all of these things together
1: yes and i i see her participation i was very happy that uh, apollonia was honored of this uh, the cinema i uh, forgettable honors that uh, is an honorable uh, thing for the people on the other side of the camera in a documentary film because it's really a it is also in a way a talent that Apollonia has. And this, I mean, I guess like growing up in a theater may matter to this. Maybe you can always <laughs> see things as a scene or as an improvisation or that you have your body as a tool to to use in a performative way. Yeah, no, I, I really think that aspect is very uh, interesting about Apollonia. And also one of the things of how we should end the film was actually also touching upon that, that at one point, it was after Apollonia went through this terrible period of grief from Oksana's death. She she's told us that, no, but I now I, I really need to learn how to have a private life. because uh, and, and so she needed to learn who she was without a camera always uh, present. And I thought it was a beautiful way to stop the film by... Also her requesting that that now it was also uh, a place where she could see that it it could also finish and that her journey was ready to also loosen the camera. And also myself, because I was also, you know yourself, the life of a filmmaker is sometimes strange because you can set yourself like outside of what's actually happening in a strange way because you get this position as a someone who's observing and not participating in a way in life which is very strange and something that I also really needed not to do as I mean maybe I was shy when I was younger and therefore the camera was a perfect way of doing everything but in my adult life I need to step into character also so that was a very good meeting point uh, for us to finish yeah to finish the film. That's
0: great, yes, and uh, it's a wonderful place to close out this interview. And I just want to thank, thank you. you so much for sharing your insights.
1: Thank you very much. I'm I'm very interested in um, in the film you were telling me about because I oh. actually got very interested in to see how people work with their representations of uh, oh. of of bodies, and also especially if if uh, people who have encountered like disabling experiences and yeah. stuff on the body. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. Well cool. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now And what treaties govern those territories? I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five star review by clicking on Support the Show in the show notes. We don't want your money, we want your words. A simple RTO Rocks My Socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.